We played Stones of Sorrow and cast ourselves into a maze of torment. This is the Weak Point Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Weak Point Podcast. My name is Patrick Dubuque. With me as always, my blood brother, Nathan Bishop. Nathan, hello. Hello. That's a, a charming description. <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of blood this week. That's true. Um, might as well get it. I mean, you know, use blood in the one positive way that people look at it, you know, besides the actual biological function. And then we can start talking about all the bad things that blood is for and represents. Yeah. Or better known as 11-year-old designs a video game. <laughs> I think 13. Well, we'll see. Okay. okay. Um, so Puberty the, uh, hits at a different age, Patrick. There's a range. There is a range. I, I suppose. You know, everyone, one, one 13-year-old is another person's love. Exactly, exactly. Maybe, maybe he's a really advanced 11-year-old. <laughs> a very, uh, very twisted one. <laughs> uh, so to reiterate the purpose of the podcast, what Nathan and I do, we take a game uh, pretty much at random. Sometimes at random. This time, very much at random. Uh, pick that game up, play it for about half an hour, and then attempt to deconstruct it and distill it down to the essence of its greatness. We will have to do a lot of distilling. <laughs> there has to be a kernel in there somewhere. <laughs> We're going to have to boil it way down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the way we pick this game, uh, like sometimes we pick games by request, sometimes we pick them ourselves. This time, uh, because at the point where we decided to do this, Nathan, you still did not have a controller. You have a controller now, right? I do. You tested it? Uh, I, I am waiting for our next game that is, is okay. worthy of my gamepad. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll christen it then. But in the meantime, uh, we picked this game because I basically chose four games. I, I went on to Steam and I sorted by price lowest to highest <laughs> and then went through the games that were 79 cents. And I gave you a list of four of them and you chose this one. I like the concept of the artistic style, which is basically, I mean, can, can we bring that up at this point? Let's let's start with the intro. I'd like to, uh, if you if you don't mind, I don't. I, would I don't like at all. To give, well, you don't even know what I'm going to do yet. Nope. I'd like to give a reading of the introduction. Please do uh, the cutscene that plays when you first start the game. Um, I will not, uh, unfortunately for everyone, attempt to do it in the uh, voice in the game, which is a I would describe it as a drunk frat boy trying to do Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is the only the only thing about this game that seems like drunk frat boy trying to do Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, so here we go. <clears throat> I'm trying to get a character. Um, me, 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 me. Okay. You and your blood brother ruled the lands in violence. You killed your real brother at a young age on a hunting trip. Your father was murdered. After slaying your real brother, you were the new leader of your tribe. You thought you'd made peace with yourself and saw your blood brother as your closest ally. Until one day, he tricked you into a maze of torment. Sad trumpet noise. Your blood brother says, you are an evil king and need to be abolished into this ever-changing undead labyrinth. The lands are devastated. Only emptiness, sorrow, and death remain. He makes an excellent point. We'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, you reply, betrayer. Speak not to me at all. You and this world ripped my fucking heart out. Even if I die, I shall become stronger 
In death, my life will become eternal. I will find you and crush your skull with a stone of sorrow. <clears throat> that's well done. And that's and that's when the uh, the death metal kicks in. Yes. <laughs> uh, I really can't do that kind of stuff at all. I don't know how you feel about death metal. But death metal only surpassed by death metal acapella, as you just proved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Beat, uh, hybrid beatbox scream machine. Yeah. <laughs> The beatbox is just actually you like hitting your arm against a table over and over again. You like, have to feel the pain of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm bleeding now <laughs> in the spirit of this podcast. Um, so would you like to try and describe this game, Nathan? Um, sure. I mean, I, I guess, you know, that I, I respect the, the like I said, I respect the artist, the, the artistic aesthetic of the game, which is basically that looks like you are a Neanderthal cave drawing come to life, uh, and you are running around in what I believe is um, it, it's kind of like an endless runner. Is that an accurate description? There is there is no rhyme or reason. It's all procedurally generated. Is that correct? I would describe it as shitty Pac-Man. Mm. Endless runner insinuates a sort of momentum that this game utterly lacks <laughs> you are you're in a box and the walls would move around from each level what i was trying to say there there's no real <laughs> there is no arc there is no, no there is no preconceived level design this is just a thing that throws you in there and basically says play this until you die and it's an ever-changing undead labyrinth I mean that it's it's right there in the description. It so, is, uh, and and you are basically just doing almost nothing but just running and wall jumping the shit out of everything, and then occasionally coming across some sort of pharaoh or at times uh, Lovecraftian horror-ish Cthulhu thing that's also like a cave drawing, and then you kind of hit the attack button and you have a, a, a axe. And the axe sort of gesticulates in the general region of the monster. And then a mountain of blood erupts onto your screen the instant that you do this. And you might ask, why am I doing this? What is the point of this? And I think what Stones of Sorrow is trying to do is play up violence for the sake of violence. But again, if you're not a teen, an adolescent who has been listening to Rage Against the Machine and watching, I don't know, the not, no, some what's a shitty teen horror film? Like, I don't know, something that's overly graphic in its description of death. I don't understand what else this game has to offer you, particularly as the player. The controls are uninspiring. There is no level design, as I already said. There's no story, and the soundtrack is... Um, it's the, challenging. It's divisive. <laughs> <laughs> it's it doesn't it's not gonna let you just sit around listening to it, that's for sure. No, it, it demands that you acknowledge its existence. Again, much like a teenager often does. <laughs> so you your description of that, that was that was a fine description, and in many ways did it more justice than I think it possibly deserved. <laughs> uh, the fact that you ascribed actual beings to the shapes that are uh, running after you, I never even thought to do that. Mm. <laughs> um, your my description uh, of what what you are and what you are fighting is uh, stick figures made of meat. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's interesting. It's basically like, and I, I encourage everyone listening to this go find find a YouTube. You know, not if you're in your. I'm car, watching it now. Are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but 
think of it as like a if you you know those artists uh figurines that you can position in different ways you can bend the wrists and the elbows and everything it's one of those if it were made of bloody spam uh, and with twice as many joints more joints than there are human joints to the point where you almost wonder if there are joints (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like a rag doll uh if the rag doll were made out of people not not one person (laughs) No, and not, different not parts of different people. Yeah, not any one particular people. Sort of like a, a sausage factory version of people, where it's all just encased in a loose, easily burst sack. It's a it's a fascinating uh, artistic direction to go, and <laughs> <laughs> not not one I would have uh, I would have gone with. Um, also, you you talk about swinging weapons, and uh, you moved away from that topic pretty quickly. I uh, did because <laughs> because um to me you you don't swing a weapon <laughs> in this game and this is funny because this game is is theoretically about hitting enemies with your weapons and then killing them yes and then going to another enemy and can, but your your attack animation is uh is like basically pushing a cat off of a couch <laughs> you don't get you're not there. swinging anything you're just kind of like you know gesticulating towards it uh there's two types of attacks a normal attack and a heavy attack the heavy attack is the same as the normal attack except he seems to sigh for like a half a second first (laughs) oh god what am i doing (laughs) many attacks only times in the entire game where the laws of physics are even remotely observed or the character i feel like the character for a second like i you know i really identify with that half second (laughs) do i why man god yeah i i i also especially i'm being reminded now as i'm watching the youtube as we're talking about this um i try not to curse too much on this podcast i i curse on others but what in the fuck is the jumping in this game patrick what is it um it's not it's not good. Um, you you said wall jump, and it's not that's really. interesting. You don't need to wall jump. It's like you just a zero gravity environment, right? This is this is jumping based off bad coding. Essentially, you can jump in midair, and then you can probably jump again. You you not guaranteed. Sometimes you just won't. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to think that you know one particular jump will let you jump again or not. Correct. But every time you do jump, you seem to jump faster than the previous jump. Uh-huh. So if you can get going, <laughs> and and the and the map is designed for you to have to jump up. Uh, it's since it's like Pac-Man but on a two-dimensional plane. Like if you took a Pac-Man board and sat on its side, you have to jump up multiple levels at once, and you just have to kind of keep jumping and hope that all your jumps are accepted by the game uh, until you hit a ceiling. So do you? Okay, so you said this is bad coding, and and do you, I'm trying to figure out how much of this gameplay is intentional and how much of it is just somebody being lazy and saying, well, that's good enough. I, so we'll talk about this, but I think most of it is very intentional. And I think that the cap is, is the guy's talent, not the guy's effort. Um, mm, this is developed by a single know. person, rain Polak. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, he, from his experience on Steam, this is going to be a different episode than our usual episodes because we won't be able to consult with the usual sources of humor and history. There is no Historical history for this game. game. Mm-hmm. 
there, no one has talked about this game except for the 50 people who have given it mixed reviews on Steam. Uh, there are no game facts. There are no discussion forums about it. No Asian films. Of... No, 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 no French films. Uh, yeah. French Although films. I would love to see one of Stone yeah, of Sorrow. I, there probably is a couple <laughs> <laughs> unlicensed versions of this game. I mean, because because the thirteen year olds that make these games, they get they turn into seventeen year old films. So that's my question: is how how actually old is the design uh, of this game? He, I think he's he must be fairly old. And the reason that I know this, the only reason I know this, is that he is the lead singer in the band. Oh my god! That creates the music, and that's admirable in its way. He's made everything about this. Yeah, this I love the one person thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his band is called the Neoandertals. Mm. It is I, I can't remember the nationality, but uh, it is European uh, death metal that so calls itself something else. Because when you have a band like that, you need to create your own genre for it. Viking metal, uh, something like that. Yeah, um, right, and that band metal? has been around for ten years. Okay, so unless they started it when out... he was like eight, he is a functioning adult human. Right. Um, Do you think that he created this game? Well, it sounds like you may have done some research into him, but hypothetically, is this like a, a like attempt to increase the appeal of his band? I one wonders because the the soundtrack is available on Steam and is more expensive than the game. <laughs> well, uh, I would... The game is four dollars with not on sale. Uh, the soundtrack is five. Uh, looking at the Neanderthals uh, uh, Estonian Wikipedia page. Ah ha ha. <laughs> it is an Estonian death metal band, death metals band. That's translation here. Uh, and it's basically two people. That's the genre, yeah. by the way, death metals. Yeah, death metals. <laughs> Apostrophe. It's possession. <laughs> it's de- it is death metals band. <laughs> oh, they don't have any choice. <laughs> they were chosen. <laughs> we were not. Um, yeah. A little sad. Uh, right now, it is uh, two people. Uh, the the aforementioned Rain Polak. Who is bass and vocals, and then Sandra, uh, Sandra Vungi, uh, who is on drums, uh, two former members, oh. who they have not replaced. Oh, sad. So uh, they've had four albums, and uh, I, I actually did, and I, I, I would love to share this. I did write down some of the songs, titles, the song titles from their various things. I got to bring it back up. Um, they are amazing. These are these are in English, but we presume that they are translated from the original Estonian. Most likely, uh, let's hope. Although I, so I'm I'm person who really enjoys English as a second language. Same, um, agreed. Because it often, whether by translation or by personal translation, no matter who's doing it, whether computer or person, it requires creativity to translate something. Agreed. And so the the result is often much more funny, or much more interesting than people can do on their own but here mm-hmm. we go uh these are a list of neoandertals song titles from various albums defleshing the cadaver before burial <laughs> the mysterious demise no control over fire brooding over a dead breed funeral ejaculation <laughs> <laughs> try to hold it unburying the carrion and child. Okay, so defleshing the corpse before burial sounds like a mummification of some kind. I haven't been to Estonia. I don't. I don't know how they. You don't know what their burial practices there. are, but it sounds yeah, like they're... it sounds like a pre prelude to the other one that was removing the carrion or deburying the carrion, unburying the carrion, unburying. 
but carrying deep flashing before burial. Seems like a, a, you know, unless unless you're talking about that shark in Iceland, uh, I can't <laughs> think of any other reason you'd ever want to do that. I mean, I'm hoping, and I'll never find out because I'm never listening to this song. No, but I'm hoping that unburying the carrying is like, uh, it's like the Bartman. <laughs> or any of those songs where the instructions are within the song. Uh, because I want to know, you know, how and also why. I bet that you would get neither from the song, <laughs> Probably Patrick. not. I'm sorry. Um, I've, I've sidetracked us from the game. So let me ask you this question. Do you think that Rain thinks this is a good game? I think that he is working on it. So one of the things that you find on Steam, one of the reasons he gets positive reviews is that he has made continual updates the game came out last year it's on patch 1.24 he has fixed things most people on steam don't they get their money and and they know that it's not going to sell after the first two weeks and they just go Mm -hmm. but he has put some effort into it like he's fixed bugs he's you know try to improve it um and you know maybe this is the practice run for a, a second game that's better who knows we don't know mm. where on the arc of rain polex uh career development that he is that's very true this could be the start of something like you know have you read steinbeck's first novel <laughs> i don't even know what steinbeck's first novel is i don't either yeah you haven't read it no because it's probably terrible it probably is yes. who knows you know maybe maybe this is it maybe this is this is the first thing in a great career we don't know but we only got to play this so yeah um it takes courage to do that, right? Like, he probably knows that this isn't great. And, like, as somebody who's dabbled in the performing arts or the creative arts, there's there's not many worse feelings than showing something that you know isn't great to the public and and engaging the public still in that way, if that makes any sense. Like, there's there's definitely a courage there if he's not delusional and thinking that this is some masterwork well it's absolutely necessary you can't wait until your masterwork to to be public about it mm-hmm. you have to practice you have to practice that part of it too but i think so, a lot of people don't do that these days is kind of my point everyone's very very re- sensitive to criticism in the arts generally speaking hmm. in my experience yeah. So. So. Yeah. I mean, have you ever you 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 have you ever made a video game? Have you ever tried never to make a video game? Never. We talked a little bit about uh, back on our uh, our our uh, first episode about the intimidation of your fledgling attempt to make a video game, and how intimidating that was. I don't even remember talking about that. That's been three episodes, and I'm already forgetting what we talked about in episode one. <laughs> um, that's a good sign. Um, so yeah, I, like it, it's. It was Zork. The creative, it was oh, okay. So when I was trying to make my own text adventures, yeah, it it's you know it's really what he has done. Like this is a terrible game, and it's important. This is true of all media. It's important to know that the terrible things that you mock are way better than you could do mm-hmm. in almost every circumstance. Um, I would never be able to make this good of a game. Agreed. Same. I wouldn't try to make this kind of game, but I would be terrible if I tried to make this kind of game. And so you, you just kind of, you know, you, you you appreciate the effort <laughs> and there's a lot of effort. There's there's some actual good things about this game. And we will get to this as we wrap up. There are some virtues to this mm-hmm. game. I, I would think. agree. Um, but 
the fact that you can't reliably hit the people in front of you or jump to where you want to jump <laughs> kind of, you know, they, they make it really hard to appreciate. This that. is like listening to a 10-year-old's piano recital in video game form. Like, there's some good moments in there, and you appreciate the work, and you're going to clap when it's over, but still, you're glad <laughs> when it's done. Uh, yeah, I I hope we don't, you know, <laughs> I hope we don't have to have that. Because I actually, I went to my daughter's dance recital this morning, and, and there was a lot of polite clapping. And uh, um, that's that's a that's a, that's the first time I've experienced that that uh, performance art as audience. Mm, you uh, you had there are a lot of obligations upon yeah. you, especially uh, when the performers are young people. Yeah, that's, yeah. So I, I would like to, uh, and I won't do this in the case of my own daughter, but uh, with most cases, I would like to keep myself entirely separate from the performers in all ways. Uh, I will talk to my daughter afterwards. It's not like I'm gonna like, you know, like not talk about it ever again. That was that part's done, honey. <laughs> You're not in dance class right now. It's time to focus on eating these 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 cheese slices. Come on. Uh, but yeah, like I, I I admire what Rain Polak is trying to do, and I couldn't do it, and I will play something better next time. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know I I but I I do love it because this is how not to get too abstract or beside the point. This is like you said this is for you know hundred two hundred one thousand. Of these games, there's one of them that actually is the beginning of a career of somebody who will make something that we all love or that we appreciate or something that contains something of true artistic merit in it. And I think we need to keep that in mind, like you said, when we're going to be critical about it as much as we just kind of shit on it for, you know, 20 minutes or so that the the creative process is messy and it's not it doesn't flow in one direction there and it doesn't flow in a predictable uh, manner. You can be something one day and then have these leaps of ability that come in unexpected ways. And, and while that seems really unlikely with this video game creator, um, I think that it's presumptuous to say that that's impossible. Well, and even if it doesn't, it's still an act of creation that has put something in the world that wasn't there before. And it uh, is something I would agree. And, while while it was probably not worth my thirty minutes, um, you know, I didn't have to play it. Was it worth <laughs> your seventy nine cents? That's the question. No, no, it was not worth my seventy nine cents. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, uh, I I probably should have got you know four bananas. The first instead. game that we ever spent money on for this podcast, but <laughs> and the uh, but you know, as critics. Right, our job is to criticize, and our job is to to take this game and deconstruct it. But we don't. Have to, that doesn't mean we have to morally judge the people making it, and that's the separation, I think. And it's one that I don't think happens in criticism very doesn't not regularly in no the current sphere. No, well, we, the critic has to because the critic needs his own source of creation, um, and so often that times the creation is their own brand. Which, so, which is often to easier to superior. forge in criticism than it is in anything else. Right. So in order to create a brand, you have to create something that your brand is not, uh, which is the poor creator. So what we're doing now is we're saying that we're we're not going to be the first take of indie video game deconstructionism. No, I, I hope not. I would I, hope I, not as well. I'm glad I, that we share that vision. 
Okay, good. <laughs> let me let it took us 3.75 episodes to make that clear. That would have been really awkward. Let's talk about the things that you liked about this game. All right, so let's talk about the thing that I was supposed to like that I didn't like first. Oh, okay. Uh, which is the the art direction. Okay. Uh, specifically the cave painting uh, motif. You you refer to them as cave paintings come to life. I didn't get that impression. I I thought of them as just zombies. Okay. Because they look like bloody stumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the idea that they had magically come off the walls uh, is interesting. And that's a good idea. And maybe done a little better than that would have been more clear. And maybe that would have bought me a little more goodwill. Uh, but the, I think that this game is not about elves and dwarves. And that's nice. Yes. It's different. Yes. It's not different in a way that appeals to me at all. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm glad it is different. Uh, did it work for you? Did this? Did that part of it take you in? No, no, it didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I mean, you, you. When I say that I appreciated it, I, I, you, you just better enunciated what I was thinking. I, I liked the idea behind it. Um, this idea of, and actually, you know, I guess after Far Cry Primal, kind of shed the light that you know we haven't really. We don't really dabble in anything remotely connected to that sort of primal man's history or experience in video games. And this isn't really in any way that other than the basic conception of cave drawings that have come to life. But that was enough for me because, as you just said, you know, it's just so nice to have something different. It's not a space marine. It's not killing a dragon. It's and I will always appreciate that. Right. And actually, and, and I think this is the case in, in 80% of bad games, but uh, I was far more interested in playing the game that was the introduction to this game. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, the idea of being a, a tribal leader and assassinating your brother and uh, that stuff sounds really cool. And like living in caves and having, you know, yeah, deal with with hunting things like that part sounds great yeah i don't need this maze of torment i don't need this this black and dark red uh low res cave to be almost theoretically it doesn't look like a cave because it's a pac-man wall i i I would assume that you haven't because i haven't either and neither of us have a lot of time but um have you played the arma series at all i have not but you're familiar with it i'm familiar with it uh, barely only hearing other people yeah that, that idea of this extremely um, heavy cognitive load on the player, accurate simulation of of warfare, but a yeah. sort of um, reskinning of that and attaching a narrative to it in the primal world would actually be really interesting and compelling to me. I, I yeah, I, I that would be because that's exactly what that period lends itself to is extreme survivalism. You know what I mean? Right. Like that. So if you're going to build an unforgiving game, that's the setting that would make the most sense for it. Uh, Which, you know, given that it, we're in an era where survival games are, you know, the, the survival. Think about this. The, the two dominant genres of indie game right now are, you know, survival games and crafting. Mm hmm. You would think those would lend themselves well to this setting. It's entirely possible that there's something out there we don't know about, but it's very possible. But if that's not the case, I will. And I don't know how what Far Cry Primal actually fulfills because I've never. I assume it's just a Far Cry game that, and I assume it, it, it's a Ubisoft game. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, they're all. I'm sure it's fine. 
I'm sure it's I'm sure there are a lot of very talented people that worked very hard on it. I'm sure. Um, but I would predict that within a year that something like that will crawl closer to the forefront of gaming to the point where maybe even a busy father of two in his mid thirties, like myself will be aware of it because it seems like the kind of thing that's too compelling for somebody to not jump on it. Hope probably not the designer of this game. If it's going to bubble close enough to the surface for me to find it in any other way, other than by sorting by cheapest. Watch, he's, he's probably played like he's probably made like nineteen other games. And we <laughs> <laughs> so this one he knocked out in two I, days. I'm so compelled. Like, what is what is this guy like on a daily experience? Well, you know? I mean, that's... he's obviously a wildly creative person, right? And and also apparently angry. I mean, can you, you think? have a death metal band and not not have legitimate? I I don't know how you create that kind of music or persona or anything. I, I'm not an angry person or particularly, uh, you know, even irritated mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the time. But you, you have to channel it from somewhere, right? Right. I mean, in order to revel in this blood and cannibalism, like there's a way that you... One of the features of the game, cannibalism. Eat yes. the corpses of your enemies to restore health. I couldn't figure out how to do it. No, nor nor I. I I thought it had something to do with the part where like your legs detached and you got down on the ground and you sort of looked like a crab for a little while. I guess, but I thought it was supposed to be the select button. I couldn't get the select (laughs) button to do it. Uh, I couldn't figure it out. But beware, unless you find a special item, you can choke to death. So you can you can choke on the raw flesh of the bleeding creature you have just killed. And see, that's the part that I would identify the most with. Because if I were to try something like that, that's exactly what would happen to me. I've had, I've had, you know, undercooked steak. <laughs> I had a really bad Valentine's Day once where I said medium rare and, and uh, came out rare. Yeah, it came out more than rare. It, oh no! It came, yeah, but you so know, you basically have lived this game then. Yeah, pretty much. I, I did choke to death <laughs> on that. But then I ate something else and restored my life essence. Exactly. I, I, I. Uh, I slaughtered grotesque hordes in, in an eternal maze and got back to the surface. Patrick, Maybe that's why I don't like this game that much, because I've just lived it all already. It's just it's, too I'm real. So it's just too real. It's like Patrick Dubuque, the game. I don't need to go back to that. <laughs> no, at this point. no, I've moved on. Because it was pretty boring. <laughs> it was, first of all, you know, the blood, all the blood. So much. It, it gets in your eyes. Hard to get and, out. And, you, know, you, you drink a little of it, and you're like, this, this doesn't taste good. It's not, you know. Like it's not bad for you, but like no. licking a diesel battery. Yeah, and then and then you kill everything, and you're just like you're you're in the middle of slaughtering things, but you're still bored, right? And you start worrying about the disassociation. You start thinking, am I gonna kill stuff when I get back to the surface? You know, am I gonna you know, like, you know be murderous like when when people cut in front of me at the grocery store? You don't know, and and you can't really deal with it. You Eventually, kind of you just, just you don't even think about it anymore. It's just his life. Yeah, and and so you know the answer, of course, is no, not yet, uh, <laughs> not yet. Um, uh, Extreme but, panic yeah, was, to Patrick's eyes as he glances shiftily from side to side. I'm, I haven't unburied any carrion yet, but also mostly because I just don't know where any carrion are. I'm pretty sure I defleshed something for dinner tonight, <laughs> and I buried it into my mouth. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah. you know, whatever. Maybe I guess maybe it really we are the subject of this. We, you know, it speaks to all of us. It's just whether we're willing to listen. <laughs> Patrick, what did you like about this game? <laughs> so it has ideas. There, 
there are ideas in this game. Okay. The there's a lot of and and of course you know those ideas aren't terribly original, but it's it's a rogue it's a rogue style game. It's not just killing. You you there's money. You can use that money to level up. Uh, at bonfires, which you know, why is there a bonfire in a cave in a, in a maze of torment? What who's who's I... you know you need a whole backstory as to why that bonfire is still burning and. Uh, I'm generally to... I'm generally opposed to all games that bonfires. They have bonfires. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's your there's your uh... <laughs> flashback. Yes. Oh um, god. And uh, so there's that. You you can spend that money to create. You you can give yourself perks that survive after you die. Uh, I never got enough money to afford any of them, even the cheapest one, because I sucked. Uh, but uh. You know, there's finishing moves you can make that that get you extra money. I really couldn't figure out how to heal in this game. I think that was part of my problem. I couldn't play it for more than five or ten minutes at a time because I just couldn't. You can't dodge anything because you control no. like you are telling someone to move the controller. Yes. Uh, but but I could never figure out like once I got hit, that was I was hit and it just kept being hit. And I think I think I was supposed to eat those corpses, but. Um, but yeah, so so I never actually made any of the progress. But this game is theoretically built around the idea that you are making progress and and leveling up, uh, which to you know continue is to do exactly what it's cutting edge nineteen eighty eight gaming game theory right there. But um, and also the idea that when every time you die, the end boss gets a little stronger. Yeah, so, that's uh, cool. That's a cool idea. That is like it's not, and they they do it well enough. It's only it's one extra hit point. So. Right. It's not enough that you are punishing bad players to the point where they can't win. It's just giving it the slightest amount of weight to starting yeah. over and over and over again. That's a good idea. I like that idea. I like that idea, uh, too. It. I couldn't play the game long enough for uh, any of those things to matter in any way, shape, or form. I bet some people have, and I bet that they don't have a lot in common with me. <laughs> there, there are achievements on Steam Unlocked. Not all of them, but... Uh, oh. I I got one. I don't remember what it is now. I don't think I got any. The game again, being notoriously notoriously bad at games, and just honestly, like I played this game on mute after three minutes. <laughs> I See, just I could not. That 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 is a rejection of the author's vision. I know, and I felt bad. That music that music is meant to be bad. Like this is this is my firm belief. It's meant to be upsetting because you're in an upsetting place. An eternal, uh, an eternal labyrinth of pain and death. Is that what it's? Is that the description? No, Ever it's changing. a maze of torment. Ever changing it's maze of torment. Changing more is a maze of torment. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, so yeah, you're you, by you're cheating by not listening to the music. It's you're true. not allowing yourself to be tormented as much as the game is trying to torment. My game you. genie is a mute button. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, it's pretty irresponsible. It didn't moment. help at all. Um, I still died very quickly. <laughs> And very regularly. Uh, I, I love the idea that the game... I, I think maybe part of the problem of the game, why it's it's not very easy to play and not very good, is that the author or the designer really wasn't really drawing on a whole lot of other video game inspiration. He had his own vision, which was the strength of the game, but his inability to fully pull that off may have been what finally did him in but i do love the idea it's not a clone in any way shape or form it's it's just kind of weird as shit um yeah but i i love that 
I just wish that it were more fun to play. Yeah, yeah, I wish you could jump or hit. <laughs> <laughs> the two buttons. Since that's that the, what the game is ostensibly asking me to do. Right. Yeah. So would you, Nathan, would you recommend this game for our listeners? I think so. For, what is it, $4? <laughs> Four dollars now. If you're patient, wait for another. Wait Steam for another sale. Steam sale, and it's seventy nine cents. You know, for a variety of reasons, you can you can learn to. I I don't think that we appreciate good games enough these days, and there's so many of them that are done so well. We we have such a base level because because I remember playing video games in the early '90s and late '80s where you could get real turds for fifty bucks at Walmart that were not Walmart at a uh, at Toys R Us that were borderline unplayable, not unlike this game. And now we get this game for $0.79. Cents. So maybe appreciate that the the hobby has progressed to the point where something like this stands out for its unplayability. And uh, like we talked about, just just the just the sheer DGAF, don't give a fuck, like, I'm going to try to create something, I have an idea. And and like you said, the stick-to-it-of-ness stick of the designer to continue to update it. Okay. All right. That's uh, I, I also recommend the game. Uh, for the sheer reason that uh, it's cheaper, even even if it's not on sale, it's cheaper than buying the album. <laughs> just load up the game, <laughs> let the music play, and just dust your dust your office. Stones of no, sorrow. Do some chores. Stones do some sorrow. chores, and and let the music uh, make make your whole life a maze of torment. Don't be limited by the small. Screen. It already is. Just be honest <laughs> with yourself. That's all the game is asking. I mean, really? Don't. Why don't you open your eyes? Have you seen? See the, the true existence that we're all. Have you living. seen the dust of the windowsill? It's there. Whether you choose to see it or not, it's there. You need to dust it, and you always will, because it's never going to be fully clean. And that is what Stones of Sorrow is trying to tell you. <laughs> and succeeds, I think. Let's 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 say it. It succeeds. It succeeds. And honestly, if you're going to listen to that soundtrack while you're doing chores, you will do chores faster. Make an agreement with yourself that you will turn the music off when your chores are finished and you will be a very productive human being. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's perfectly fair. Okay, so uh, that's the episode. Next week, I think we can reveal, since we've actually decided ahead of time, we will be playing, given that Nathan's controller works. Yay! Yay! Super Ghouls and Ghosts from Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I love that game, and I am going to get destroyed. I think I love that game. It has been a while, but I think I love it. Ten-year-old me um, loves that game. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, if you like this, tell a friend. That's probably the best way to uh, to share us right now. Tell someone on Twitter. Uh, send us a Bitcoin. Yeah, send us a Bitcoin. Uh, not a full Bitcoin though. No, no, no. Can you can you split the Bitcoins? Can there, can you have half a Bitcoin? Uh, I'll take two bits of coin. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. It would help us out. Or just you know. Say nice things to us. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good night.